Well, Kevin, uh, you're welcome along this morning. Uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, can you tell us a small bit about yourself, Kevin, and um, yeah, where 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 you are at the moment, what you're doing, and a little bit of background about yourself? Thanks very much, Damien, and it's nice to be here with you on this Thursday morning. And um, uh, I live in a league, a little village outside of Roscommon on the Galway Road. And um, I've been uh, involved in community development, I suppose, for most of my life. I was in South Africa for many years and uh, worked in the homeless sector then. And uh, now I'm in education. And I got into education and because I felt that uh, that's really the place to touch people's hearts, is give them the skills, give them the qualities that they need and they'll be able to make choices for themselves. So I'm in a, a secondary school called St. Coons College, which is... Um, about 350 students, um, just uh, west of uh, Mount Bellew, and uh, it's a co-ed school, and uh, about 25, 26 on the staff, and a lovely community, and I'm really enjoying it there in the secondary school context. That's great. Um, as you said, you know, community development and being involved with young people, um, you know, it's so important. Uh, no, no more than um, today because there is huge issues for young people at the moment uh, um, out there presently. Um, I suppose after COVID, it's been a huge, it's been a huge, um, has had a huge impact on young people's lives, and we're we're only seeing the seeing the um, the aftermath of it now, and. Uh, I suppose here we are now again in a situation where, you know, people are coming back to the new normal, as they were calling it uh, uh, a, while a while ago. So they're back to the new normal, or we're back to the new normal. Um, young people are going back to schools, primary schools, secondary schools, and some of the students are going back to third-level education. Um, what could you foresee being maybe one of the biggest issues for young people um, Returning to education. Um, well, I remember we were talking to you earlier there, Damien. We were saying yeah. somebody that was in transition year uh, in 2019, um, you know, is now going into first year in university or college. Yeah. So it just shows you what these three years uh, have meant, and that there has been a gap. Uh, certainly a gap for people um, and they've missed out on an awful lot um, in terms of their own social interaction and development and enjoyment Uh, you know people like to enjoy themselves and they haven't been able to congregate Um, we all love the summer and it's super and we all get a chance to relax but one of the challenges of facing back into September and the educational system is you're into a very fixed routine and we find that difficult because you're moving from no routine to a very fixed routine. Like people have been used to sleeping in, uh, people have been used to late nights. Suddenly, you've got to be up for the bus, half seven in the morning, seven o'clock. Um, you're in school at nine and you don't finish to four and it's a very long day. So refocusing is one of the most difficult things that young people have to do uh, with regard to the new school term. And that happens for primary, secondary and third level. Um, and, and they all find in their own different contexts, they all have challenges with regard to that. That's, um, you know, that's a very, very um, important point there, you know, about the ref- refocusing. Um, because, uh, you know, I see with some, some of my own at home, um, 
that same pattern plays out. Mm. Um, and I'm sure with uh, you know a lot of our listeners at home listening in this morning, um, you know, w- w- the situation is similar. That that getting back in the structure, um, uh, getting the structure back is difficult and can be very stressful on parents and on the family. Um, uh, have you any advice for parents um, or any advice for caregivers um, or guardians um, how to um, approach young people and, you know, um, um, their, their, their kids or, or whoever the case may be in an appropriate way? When I say appropriate, uh, sometimes, you know, it can become a stressful way where it's like one against the other or where, where it's it can the conflict can start between um, a parent where a parent says you know get up out of bed and the child says no I'm not going to get up and, and uh, you know whatever the case may be uh, can you give any any advice on how to manage that as best as possible you're so right Damien um, it can create a lot of tension uh, in the household yeah. you know and, and a conflict um, so in order to avoid that, uh, what you need to do is start preparing uh, the young person uh, for what's laying ahead. So sit down, have a conversation with them, tell them they're going back to school, um, you know, what are going to be the challenges about this. Get get a conversation going with them. Um, you know, if, if it just so happens that, you know, it's Monday and the alarm clock is going off and then you're losing it with them, that's not very helpful. So a bit of prior guidance and a bit of, you know, um, support for them in the new transition that's going to take place Um, and adults need to remember to they're the adult in the relationship and they have to act as an adult so be patient be wise be understanding um, and try and be supportive there might be kickback uh, from the child that's very understandable but you're the adult um, just deal with that and uh, give them the support that they need in this new phase of going back to school yeah yeah um, yeah uh, that's great advice uh, Kevin I'm uh, just then curious about some of the um, some of the deeper um, social issues that that young people will come across or have come across and you've the, you have a lot of experience of being in schools and coming across some of these issues so for young people um, maybe just for parents to bring back to the, to the young people or you know having conversations with their young people around things like bullying and social media um, you know these are these are these are issues now that are that are quite you know big in our society now uh, it's hard to describe how, how much power that you know snapchat social media have um, uh, so is there any how has your experience and been you know talking to kids in school or dealing with them with these type of situations because sometimes parents are, are, are at a loss because we don't know what to do or we don't know what we don't know what's happening on social media mm-hmm. um, You've always got to look at the target groups that are most vulnerable in this situation and probably one of the most vulnerable groups is the group that are transitioning from primary school 
to secondary schools. So you're talking about first years, uh, incoming first years. Um, to be fair, those who are already are in the secondary school system um, usually have their own friends and they have a, a, a you know a, um, a connectedness with the school community that they're going into. But for first years, um, incoming first years, it can be very traumatic because they're usually going from a smaller primary setup, um, but they're going into a class of sixty or 70, or some of the bigger schools, 120. So that's a real, you know, challenge mm. for them. Mm. Um, schools are more resourced than they were in the past. Um, there's welfare teams, there is counsellors, trained counsellors on staff. Uh, in my own case, there is a chaplaincy team uh, because we are a school within the diocesan ethos um, run by the Diocese of Elfin. Um, but there's also special educational supports there, especially for um, uh, students who find it difficult and may have a learning, um, you know, support that they require help with. So, um, s- s- Teachers and staff and principals are far more tuned in to the vulnerability of students. So there's a very, very good support network in schools. Parents need to trust that network. Right. They need to trust that there will be a year ahead that they can connect with. And if they have any concerns... Um, don't be afraid to raise that with the person uh, on the staff. And that's how you support your your child and the student going forward. You you, you make them feel safe within the new structure. Right, right. And uh, I suppose as a parent, not to fear, um, not to fear of asking them questions, not to fear uh, of going to the principal or the whoever the case may be to say, well, you know, I'm I'm worried about uh, my son or daughter is is uh, behaving a certain way. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure what's happening with them. Um, have you any insight into into it? Um, that's really good. Kevin is going to join me for a little bit more in the show, and uh, we're going to talk about a few more issues. Um, school related but also um, just in the wider context of mental health issues so um, we're just back here again um, myself and Kevin uh, Kevin's going to stay with me for um, some of the shows I was saying earlier on so we were having a chat and uh, we are just talking about social media and, and the power of social media but the importance of social media as well you know uh, technology is here it's here to stay so um, you know that's not going to change that's, that's, that's a reality um, so, uh, you know, people are, are, are young people are, are probably, it's one of the most, um, as far as employability, uh, we have a lot of high tech companies here in Ireland ourselves. And, um, you know, there's a lot of graduates that are coming out and, and get, being employed by, um, by tech companies. So um, young people are exposed to the, to the Internet uh, and social media. Um, but there's a there's a good side to that, and also there's another side as well. Um, what do you uh, what do you think of 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 the pluses and minuses of social media or as, of the internet? I suppose as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're 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 so right, Damien. Like we we we've never been so gifted and developed. Uh, uh, as a society in terms of our access to um, social media and the internet and it has brought wonderful developments let's be honest about it the world is a a connected place now you know but 
just give you an example. Uh, remember, w- me and you were, you know, we're, we're getting long in the tooth now. Um, but when we went to school, uh, you know, if you had difficulties in school with somebody, at least you had a break for it when you went home. Because, yeah. y- you know, you, 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 you weren't going to see that person to the next day or, yeah. or, or over the weekend. But because now of social media, uh, which connects us, uh, in a powerful way, it, it can also, in a negative way, make you connected all the time to the difficulty of bullying and anxiety and cyberbullying and all of that. So there's no break from it. So we, we, we you know, we have to be able to, um, you know, resource people. And this isn't about just giving them the resources. It's to, they have the resources within themselves. So it's to skill them, give them the skills necessary to say, how do I manage this? So my health and my mental health is protected. And, um, you know, that's very important. And a lot of that will lie with parents, uh, especially in the home context, uh, because that's where they spend most of their time is at home. So tell them that it's it's a wonderful gift. Uh, it's a wonderful resource. Uh, but like all good resources, use it wisely. Yeah. Um, I suppose so. Then... Uh, uh, guideline possibly then is no phone in bed? Well, it has been shown that, um, you know, um, uh, keeping your phone on and also having iPads and the light that comes from then at night um, disconnects you from having a good night's sleep. And we all see students in the morning sometimes yawning and half half asleep uh, at 9, 10, 11 o'clock. And that's as a consequence of being up till 3 o'clock in the morning um, using their phone. Yeah. So I'd say a good policy is, you know, turn it off. Um, you know, at a reasonable hour, um, half ten, eleven o'clock, get your good night's sleep, and you can always switch it on again in the morning. You're not going to lose anything, but if it's keeping you awake, it's impacting on your ability to really, um, you know, connect with your educational studies in a school context. Also, I suppose, I uh, for the listeners, um, uh, you know, a lot of the listeners that tune in here, and you know, I'm just going to, you know, call a spade a spade as as I do. Uh, this is a challenge for parents as well as kids because if you're asking children to do something, you have to set the example yourself. And uh, you know, I speak to a lot of parents now, and I, I if if people are honest, sometimes the first thing that they look in the morning at is Facebook. And the last thing they can look at at night is Facebook. Not every parent, but I'm saying, I would say there's there's quite a few. So I think if this is, if the, we're trying to empower our young people not to use their devices as much or not to use their, um, I would imagine that, um, you know, we possibly are, I know for myself anyways, I can only speak for myself, I'm going to start putting the, the phone up at nine o'clock and that's it. And I'll expect the same from from my son. And uh, he can um, check it in the morning before he goes to school and I'll check mine in the morning. <laughs> and what I'm hoping to do is follow that routine, Kevin, because do you know what? Uh, I see it has an impact on my mental health, so it must be having a mental uh, an impact on his mental health. Now, when I say it's having an impact on my mental health, you get distracted. You know, you, you get you get distracted. So many things I could be doing and achieving. You know, um, uh, but 
However, I'm, I'm, I'm distracted half the time or some of the time because, you know, you're either on social media, on the Internet, checking this, checking whatever. So I think um, I think that's a good um, that's a good way to to um, to help implement that um, that way. Um, Okay, is there? You spoke about resilience there earlier on. Um, just about building, building resilience uh, within within the young person, um, and uh, building their self esteem. Is there any? Is there any advice or guidance you, you can give around that? Um, well, you know, have a very open communication channel uh, between the parent and and um, you know their son or daughter. That's key. Uh, to to building that and you know uh, being positive um, you know but also not overly protecting um, the young person from all the falls of life you, you know failure is part of life Damien we all know that know, and how you deal with failure um, you know makes you or breaks you uh, but protecting them from it all the time really doesn't help them for the time when they do really need to build up that inner strength. That's what resilience means. The word resilience is a big word, uh, but what it really means is what's the inner strength of this individual? And, um, you know, um, in the past, I suppose, our parents allowed us to do that in, in, in times gone by, but nowadays we're nearly afraid to allow people to fail. It's okay to fail as long as you learn from it and you build up that sense of, you know, self-esteem and um, a belief in your own self that you have the ability to cope with all the difficulties that life will throw at you. And it will throw things at you that curveballs that you're, yeah. you're, you're unsure of, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's such. That's so true, Kevin. You know, but that open communication is so important, Damien. You know, you've you've talked about it there, and you know, if you are going to implement uh, for parents that are listening this morning, if you are going to implement a policy, you know, um, don't just impose it on 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 your son or daughter. Uh, Have a negotiate what's possible. We are connected to the internet and we are connected to social media, whether we like it or not. And people do feel, um, you know, um, upset if a phone is taken off them or there's uh, restrictions put on. So when you negotiate it, you feel empowered and you feel, yes, I'm part of the decision making in this situation. Yeah. Thanks for that advice, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy, Damien. No, I completely understand. Easy. No, but um, yeah, just hearing that, actually, myself hearing that, uh, it's 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 empowering, you know, how to that it's okay to fail. You know, it's so true. And sometimes we do with with our young people, we do uh, try and protect them so much, and um, you know, then we get frustrated that you know if they do something or or that they, you know if they if they you know, they do something out of the way that we get frustrated with them, whereas, like, you know, we have to let them fail sometimes or uh, let them take the chance, give them the opportunity to take the chance, you know. You know what's a hard time or a hard thing to do as well, Kevin, when you get back into school? And I, I've, I've always found it in primary school because my oldest has just gone into secondary school. But it's the dreaded homework, you know, they come home with the bag full and I'm not doing my homework and I'll do it after my dinner and next thing it's like I've taken the PlayStation out now at this stage so the PlayStation is gone but they'll want to go on something or they'll find an excuse and you know 
my uncle is into Harlem big time. I'm into Harlem, so there's no problem going for a puck around. But he'll convince me that he's going to go for a puck around and then he won't do his homework. So, um, have you any advice for parents about doing homework or how to tackle it or some of the subjects in, in you know, that, that's, you know, in um, secondary school? Um, well, the example you've given is, is fantastic there, Damien, of going out for a puck around and uh, practicing your skills in terms of sport. Because if you don't practice your skills, you're, you're not going to improve. And homework is exactly that within the academic context. It's about practicing the skills that you've learned in the classroom. So in maths, um, you know, in Irish or English or geography or the sciences, you're practicing that skill. So, um, you know, without that, you're going to lose the knowledge that might have been given during the class in the, during the day. Now, having said all of that, we're all different learners and we all learn in different ways. And what might be a half an hour for one student might be 10 minutes for another student. But if they only spend those 10 minutes doing uh, uh, what they're required to do, it will benefit them in the same way if they spend a half an hour. So we all learn in different ways. And from once you negotiate that with the student, uh, it's amazing how they can take ownership of it and really respond to it in a positive way. Now, for those who may be struggling, there are wonderful supports in school today. There's special educational supports, uh, educational needs. Uh, your own teacher can be approached and talk about what are the difficulties that you're experiencing. There are also year heads and class tutors who are able to support support the student in their learning and how they learn and to encourage them to learn in the way that they learn best. So don't be worrying about that. Um, but the whole idea of it is that uh, there is buy-in from the student around what is being asked for them in the homework context. Now, the policy in our school, and I would presume it's across the board, is that first years should be doing maybe an hour second years, two hours, you know, and as you get into the exam classes, then you need to be looking at stretching that out a little bit more because you're preparing for a state exam. So in first year uh, secondary school, I wouldn't be spending hours and hours at homework. You know, that's that's really not going to benefit anybody. But just um, try and learn and remember what you've learned in school during the day. That's the practice of homework. Right. And um, how then, so for parents... Um, it can be difficult for parents, I suppose, to supervise the learning and also for parents, I know myself, that I don't have the same knowledge as the student has or, you know, like my my percentages, fractions, all that, you know, they're, they're not great, uh, not very good at all. Um, is it good to try and learn along with the student? Um I don't know. What do you, do you understand the question? Absolutely, Damien. I completely get it. Like, parents shouldn't be getting stressed about trying to learn the newest equation and fraction and the latest scientific uh, discovery, you know what I mean, and trying to keep up to date. You know, that's the job of teachers. That's the job of teachers. Uh, parents' is, uh, job is to just connect them again with their schoolwork. And if there is difficulty, there are supports there. And I would encourage parents who are listening this morning, and if you're worried about your son or daughter in school, uh, just, you know, uh, connect in with the year head and say what supports might be there for my, uh, my son or daughter with regards to their learning. And don't be afraid to go back to the school and ask for that assistance. 
It, yeah. You know, there's, the, keeping quiet is not really going to benefit anybody, yeah. uh, especially uh, the student. So uh, make make it clear where you find the difficulty and ask for the supports. And the school is only too willing to do that. It's when you keep quiet that the difficulty can arise. And I, parent-teacher meetings are a very important place yeah, for that. Of course, yeah. of course. And that sometimes it can lead to... Um, I suppose if a student is frustrated in school, uh, it can lead to behavioural issues as well. Correct, correct, Damien, very true. Know, yeah. That's a huge part of school. You know, it's all nice talking about how education is and the best of, you know, we want our kids to be the best they can be and school the best. But there can be behavioural issues in school and uh, some of it can be... Can be um, Relate to frustration or lack of understanding or whatever the case may be. So it's important that parents do contact the school uh, as far as you know, trying to get that learning um, that learning um, issues uh, you know resolved as as early as possible. Um, have you any? Um, if there is behavioural is- issues in school, have you any advice for parents and? Um, you know, around that, or you know, peer pressure, or whatever the case may be, is it is it important to try and uh, get to the bottom of it? I suppose as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, that's a great point that you've raised there. The behavioural issues that can arise, and remember, we're talking about adolescence here. We're talking about young people that are from eleven to eighteen, and that's that's a wonderful time to be growing up. But they're growing up, uh, you know, becoming mature uh, people, and there's going to be challenges. They're trying to find themselves. There, there's identity issues. You know, there's so many elements attached to that. And if they're having difficulties at school with regard to academics, it can be expressed, you know, through frustration and behavioural issues. There are loads of supports in school now to facilitate that. And parents should access those supports. Um, If they don't feel confident enough to do that, then there's obviously, you know, online or there's GP help, medical help, or there's Tusla, who is there only too willing to help. Um, There's so many supports out there now for people. Parents should not feel alone in in that process. Um, And it's important to know that. Okay, thanks uh, very much, Kevin. Um, I'm going to thank Kevin very much for coming in uh, this morning. Um, Kevin, you're you know you're a busy man. And you're back to school on Friday. You're back to school tomorrow. Yes, back to school tomorrow. Looking forward now. to going back. Yeah, look at we've been very lucky, Damien. We've had three months off, and uh, it's not too many of the professions that get that off. So I do not mind one bit going back because um, um, uh, that's our job educators and uh, we're delighted to be able to do that and find meaning in that uh, profession yeah yeah and um, you know it's great to talk to you it's always refreshing to talk to you it gives me a a new lease um, of life and I suppose motivation for what I do I'm a youth worker myself based in Galway so it's always good to um, to meet somebody that's that's um, that has a similar um, similar I suppose train of thought or similar similar attitude towards young people's development which is great